Chapter 3 Invitations and Mysteries Tilk shifted in his chair, and for the first time, Jim Bob caught a glimpse of a photo on the wall behind Tilk. In the picture was a visibly younger and slimmer Tilk, and the stubs he remembered from his childhood. Tubbs and Tilk had one arm around each other, smiling into the camera as if they were starting on some great adventure. Tilk saw the change in expression on Jim Bob's face and turned to see what had caused that reaction. There was a pause while Tilk gathered his thoughts to deal with this crisis before getting down to business with Jim Bob. That picture was taken a while back before I became the owner of the diner and Tubbs became proprietor of Smoky Toes. We were embarking on an adventure that would change our lives. If you'll put aside any memories from going up here in yonder for now, and let me lay out a few things for you. I'll explain a further bit down the line, Tilt concluded. Jim Bob shifted his focus from the photograph and childhood memories and faced Tilt. I'm all ears. Tilt took a few seconds to compose his thoughts. A bit about me and my history. I was born and raised in yonder. We would have gone to different schools if we were the same age. Most of my family were janitors, custodians, he corrected himself, and maids. Not ashamed of that, they built reputations that set the bar high for me in the community. I did a short stint in the service as an infantryman, but never, never made it to Nam. Lived here all my life, and know where almost all of the bodies are buried. Married Annie right out of high school. Our children, Jack and Daniel, make us proud. Jack knows her calling, and Daniel is still listening. Tilk inhaled deeply, exhaled loudly, and waited. Tilk, what's the deal with you in the diner? Great question, but hold on to it for a few minutes. Tilk uncrossed his legs and crossed them again in the opposite direction, sliding down on this chair. I've heard you called different names. What do you want to be called? Jim Bob rubbed the stubble on his chin out of habit as stimulation for his little gray cells, as Hercule Poirot calls them. When I am laid to rest... I hope they call me a man of God, or at least a man after God's own heart. But this side of heaven, Jim Bob works just fine. Your friend Cracker called you Gunny, Tilk stated questioningly. One of the many call signs I earned as a naval flight officer. One of the many call signs I earned as a naval flight officer. One of the many call signs I earned as a naval flight officer. I'm certain some of my sailors had some colorful nicknames for me. Digging up bones never did anybody any good. Jim Bob works fine for me now. Keeps my mind focused on the present and the future. So Jim Bob, Tilt cleared his throat, tell me about the Gunny Special. I'd like to use the name on my menu if you'll let me. The problem is I can't reproduce it. Exactly. Ginger didn't tell you? Didn't ask her. She's not a fountain of conversation. You should give her a raise. She's a solid employee and buys some fresh basil and rosemary. Add a teaspoon of each to the egg while you're beating them. Stir with a wooden spoon or plastic spatula in the pan to spread out the aromatics. And don't overcook them. Tilks was scribbling as fast as he could. When he looked up to see if Jim Wild was finished, he continued, Grated Parmesan cheese is a personal preference. Tilk finished writing as a smile spread over Jim Bob's face, remembering the many times he had prepared that breakfast for Mary Alice. It was and is her favorite. The air in the room seemed to change somehow. They each sensed the other's uneasiness. Let's talk about the diner. Tilk looked at Jim Bob and became serious. Trust what I'm telling you and let it lie. 
Don't question, don't probe, or dig to find out more. It's a sleeping dog. Let it lie. Agreed? Jim Bob rubbed his chin. Agreed. Most people call it the Big D. It's actually the Discipleship Foundation. Been around before I was born, just didn't know it. Big D is a philanthropic organization managed by one of the big banks, but it only does things locally here in Yonder and the surrounding area. They own the diner, and I'm salaried to manage it and the discipleship effort through it. I love cooking and have a passion for the Great Commission, so I get paid to do what I love. Big D owns Smoky Toes also, and Tubbs has the same deal I do. Our discipleship is non-denominational, Bible-based, and not church-affiliated. Each leader invites and leads their own group. Questions whirled in Jim Bob's head, but he had agreed not to dig deeper. One question begged to be asked. What's this got to do with me, Tilk? Our discipleship curriculum is 52 weeks and prepares you to be a discipler at the end of the year with your group. You agree to start a group of your own. We, Tubbs and I, provide the facilities and the amenities. Tubbs and I are putting together new groups and you're invited to join either of the groups of two to three new members. Jim Bob sat in silence for a few minutes. He started to speak but Tilk saw the expression on his face and headed him off. Before you reject joining Tubbs group, I have to tell you he is not the man you remember from your childhood. If you want to know any more, you'll have to talk to him. Tilk stood and extended his hand to Jim Bob. Pray about it. Talk it over with Mary Alice. Let me know as soon as you can. Jim Bob shook Tilk's massive hand and headed to the exit in his car. He got in his car turned the key, and then stopped. Weird Al was playing on the radio. There's two cats in my belly and they want to fight. That pretty much summed up how Jim Bob felt as he cranked his fit and drove home. It was Friday and that meant date night with Missy, barbecue, and ice cream. Jim Bob had dated each of his daughters once a month, at least since they were born. It was one of the recommendations he took after reading She Calls Me Daddy. Seven Things You Need to Know About Building a Complete Daughter by Robert Wolgamuth. It had strengthened his relationship with his daughters and son. Freddie had balked calling it a date night, but they often did many things together. Hearing his daughters tell him, Dad, my love tank's empty, can we do something? has always been one of the sweetest sounds to his ears. Siri, call home. There is not a contact called Bone. Who would you like me to call? Call home, you idiot. Home. I'm sorry, I can't understand your request. Here is a list of questions you can ask me. Call Mary Alice. Hey honey, are you on your way home? Mary Alice was upbeat and positive as usual. Jim Bob took a breath and swallowed hard before answering. I was on my way home. Would you let me speak to Missy? I won't ask why you didn't call the landline. I can hear the Siri rotation in your voice. Hold a minute. There was a silence and then a peppy teenage voice. Hey, Dad, I called and got us a reservation at Smoky Toes for six. Is that too late or too early? The excitement in Missy's voice was obvious. Six is fine, Missy. Your chariot should be there in ten minutes. Dad, you are so goofy, but I love you. See you soon. A broad smile crept across his face at the thought of how blessed his family was and is. Passing out of town, Jim Bob turned on his radio and selected the aux setting to hear music from the USB flash drive in his glove compartment. Wyndham Hill flowed from the speakers and settled a calm over the cats in his stomach. Bucolic. Jim Bob never liked that word, feeling it had a negative connotation. 
Pastoral was more like it. Sitting at the end of his driveway, he rolled down windows. He killed the engine and tilted his head back with his eyes closed. The sweet smell of fresh-cut hay hung heavy in the late afternoon air. The lowing of cattle was sprinkled with the chortle of crickets. Cool, moist air rose from the ground and crept through the windows, bringing the smell of fertile ground and livestock. All of this sensory input brought one word to mind. Home. He cranked his Honda Fit and started slowly, cautiously, down the gravel drive of their home of two weeks. Each crunch seemed to murmur, You're home, even as the cats in his stomach threatened to renew their quarrel. A large, dense copse of trees shrouded the house in the shade as he pulled up to the two-car garage, whose doors seemed to be perpetually open. Darn squirrels kept triggering the light sensor and opening the doors and eventually raiding the sunflower seed stash. Drawn curtains of varying colors glowed through the second floor windows. The only glow on the first floor was from the kitchen, where its light invaded the open dining room and living room, casting strange shadows on the curtains. Jim Bob entered the kitchen through the carport, once again closing the garage doors as he passed through. He reminded himself again to raise the height of the motion sensors. Mary Alice was busy making bread with her back to the garage door. A pot of spaghetti pasta and homemade marinara sauce bubbled on the stove. Hey, stranger, Mary Alice called from the stove without turning to look. Howdy, ma'am. Your husband home? He will be shortly, so you better get on out of here. Mary Alice quit with a fake southern drawl. On my way, cowboy, Missy shouted as she descended the stairs. Mary Alice finally turned to face Jim Bob with her hair face and the apron covered with whole wheat flour. She had turned expecting a hug and a kiss. Seeing the concern in his eyes and the slightly upturned corner of his mouth, she moved to him with a warm embrace and lingering peck on the cheek. It was your idea to come home. Stay with it, babe. Like childbirth, it's painful, but the payoff is worth it. Mary Alice tried to sound encouraging, but she always seemed to pick the wrong words. Jim Bob took a long, deep, cleansing breath and resigned himself to the task of facing his past and then moving forward. To do otherwise would leave a trail of lingering ghosts that would move in and out of his life. He was going to have to deal with the elephant in the room, Tubbs. Sensing his relaxation and resolution, Mary Alice relaxed her hug. She took a step back, glanced at Miss Missy, and looked into Jim Bob's eyes. We can talk after your date with Missy. Mary Alice had learned long ago that he needed to verbalize the challenges and his resolution. Missy moved toward him with a big smile and arms spread for a daddy hug. Ready, daddy? There was his princess. She had moved so quickly from baby to young lady. Jim Bob told himself to stop and save those thoughts for later. Be present and enjoy the time you have with Missy, he thought. He melted into her hug and whispered through her hair, I love you, Cinderella. They moved toward the door with their arms around each other, waving goodbye to Mary Alice. She had lost count of how many dates Jim Bob and Missy had been on daddy-daughter dates. Her eyes grew misty thinking of the first time Jim Bob headed out the door with baby Missy for their first date. She watched out the window as he opened the car door for her and settled in before closing the door. Missy wasted no time opening the glove compartment to load a flash drive with a music playlist she had put together just for the night. Jim Bob and Missy initially rode in silence. Jim Bob contemplated Missy's maturity and the inevitable boys that would come calling from the homeschool group. 
He needed to make sure the shotgun was by the front door but unloaded. Missy reflected on how many daddy-daughter days she had been on with her dad and how few she might have left before leaving home for school. Marriage, who knows what. Soon they both rolled their windows down to smell the moist air and sing to the songs Missy had chosen for their date.